Um, we've got a party of a cast um, together for everybody today. Oh, this is exciting. Um, lots of people, and mm-hmm. we've got lots of things to talk about that we're just, that, you know, about our businesses. But so let's, uh, let's go around. Let's say hi to everybody. Um, my name's Andy, and uh, as usual, we have the night owl of Guadalajara, Mr. Neil Urban. Neil, good day, sir. Good day. How are you? We also have all recurring guests. Lindsay Daddario is back. Lindsay, what's up? Hey, everyone. Hey. And then we also have... Jim Ferrara. Jim, what's up? Hello, everybody. And we also have back Cami Z that we had on a few episodes ago. Cami, what's up? Hey, what's up? Good to be back. All Good right. to have everybody. We've got the ensemble this today. This is awesome. Um, fired up. Um, so we will kind of go around to get started on just um, what we've been up to, but just with the amount of people we have today, we'll kind of keep it to just like a couple minutes, like where, we, where we're at in our business, where, what, what's going on. Um, and then we'll kind of get into our main topic from there. So let's uh, say hi to everybody, see what's going on, and uh, maybe we'll just start in reverse order today from what we just did. And we'll start with Cami Z. Cami Z um, was, is awesome. She was on our show a few episodes ago, and uh, we really enjoyed having you on. But Cami, what's up? What's been going on lately? Where are you in your business down in Florida there? Yeah, so um, this is my low season because it's pretty, pretty hot down here. Um, so I've been taking to the workshops and, and work on my website, which I really don't like, <laughs> the SEO. <laughs> and I was working a personal project building a set on my garage, and now I just have to wait until it cools off a little bit so I can shoot. Awesome. Um, so Cammy's working on her, her website. I'm curious to hear um, where Neil's at. <laughs> when, Neil, when it's time for your update, let's hear. Let's see what's going on. <laughs> uh, I'm just calling it out because we talked about it on the show. For like five months. <laughs> uh, so Jim Ferrara, uh, two minutes is the goal, man. What's up? <laughs> two minutes. I only you say because... I can talk. Yeah, I know you can talk, man. So uh, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. Things are good uh, with us down here. Just uh, wedding season at its prime because it's not too hot up here, and compared to Florida, Cami, <laughs> and uh, doing along. Got a couple, one little issue. If we get the chance to talk about it, it'll be a good topic to talk about when a bride is happy, but then says, "Oh, can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this?" After the fact, mm-hmm. being you know <laughs> regarding like creative control, like black and white, color, filter, straightening, stuff like that. And we could talk about that if we like. But that's really it. Other than that, everything's going really smooth, really happy. Got great couples, great brides, great locations. Um, everything's going well. I'm very grateful. Cool. Crank it along on one season. And uh, Lindsay Daddario, what's up? How are you doing? Uh, I'm good. Same thing. Super busy with wedding season. So I had nine weddings this month. Whoa. Yeah, so a couple double <laughs> wedding weekends and all of that good stuff. So it's been um, just shoot, shoot, shoot. So really I have no news because yeah. that's all I'm doing right now. But <laughs> yeah. uh, I did take a little vacation last week up to the Adirondacks. And uh, that's always a little risky in the middle of wedding yeah, season yeah. because, you know, I'm off the grid there. There was, you know, no cell service at all. So, um, And you need that. 
you know, well, I mean, after you? shooting nine weddings, you, you need to unplug. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I, mean, I for, thought you meant I needed... mental, for, yeah. for your... No, Lindsay, you, you must never <laughs> leave your clients be. <laughs> you must be at a fingertip away from them at all times. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a little stressful at times, um, just wondering sort of who's yeah. calling me and who's mm-hmm. emailing me. But I checked in every couple of days and everything was fine. So, um, yeah, it was relaxing and nice to just take a little break in the middle of the season. So Cool. Yeah. Excellent. Welcome back. And Neil, what's up? Oh, I'm in the thick of things right now. Um, and, and you know what? I'm like five weddings like behind in editing, which was never my goal. Like I want to stay on top of things like yeah. all season. Yep. And I'm already five weddings I behind. It's like, how did this happen? <laughs> and, it, and it's because of that stupid website of mine. <laughs> and, and, and it's still not live. Uh, so, so pretty much, okay, so screw this website. I'm going to actually pay people to do it for me. Uh, even though it's five months in the works, I'm just paying people to do it and re- rebranding and everything. And I'm yeah. paying someone to yeah. do a logo, all that stuff, which is exciting. I've I've always done things myself. Yep. So so to actually to talk to like designers and everything and get get a whole uh, you know whole whole thing of where our brand is going yeah. and for them to design something is mm-hmm. really exciting. So I'm kind of excited. But I was just talking to Cami before we hit the record button that uh, you know we were talking about SEO and all that stuff. So that's kind of what we're doing right now. The website is up and running. Well, it's not up and live, but it, but I want it to be perfect before I hit that live button, and I just have to do all that SEO stuff. Yeah. So uh, that's that's where I am right now. And unfortunately, my team hit a hit a tragedy last this past week. Uh, my assistant for this past wedding, um, her mother had passed away three three days before the wedding. Oh man! So unfortunately. Um, I kind of I, I kind of needed someone because my wife was working another wedding yeah. and she took our number one assistant mm-hmm. and um, but we we brought an intern on two weeks ago and she's kick ass yeah. and this was our first wedding and she kicked butt wow and uh, so th- it, that was awesome so yeah. unfortunately um, bad news but it, yeah. was, it ended up being pretty good so yeah. that's that's what we're, we're what we've been up to cool what about you um, I don't my lens my updates a lot like Lindsay's I'm just in the middle of it um, kind of cranking along and nothing no new news or anything like that so um, I guess I'll just kind of leave it at that I'm just kind of cranking along my stu- my studio space I guess the only new piece of news is my studio that kind of follow up to last episode is now um, up and running over on Delaware there although I still I want to put on the last touch I want to put in the floor that we talked about so the oh, okay. floor's got to go in it's just when the hell am I going to find time to do that Cause <laughs> you see I wanna, those uh, floors right over there yeah. that, that's, that's, that's all it is it's, <laughs> it's nice and easy man <laughs> yeah I know I know and so that's, that's the plan but uh, just when am I going to find the time I got to stay on top of editing because I've gotten all these weddings behind because like you said I wanted yeah. to stay on top of it and I'm behind now like, like more than I want to be but mm-hmm. okay good good updates everybody and that was, that was well done on the time requirement because otherwise it would have gone on too long so um great so our main topic today basically and i think this this is going to be huge because you know between everybody that we have on the show today we've all been kind of like rocking our businesses for a number of years at this point and i think you know often very often when i'm thinking of like topics you know, for the show and that kind of thing, which usually is the day before that we record or the day of, um, I'm usually kind of thinking like, what can be the most beneficial to our listeners? And I think like what can be the most beneficial with all of our experience, especially having, you know, this amount of people that we have in the show today is if we can kind of go back and tell ourselves, you know, in our first year of business, um, what, what would we tell our younger selves about what we've learned over the years and things that maybe we were doing when we were less experienced? Um, and what would we tell ourselves now? What advice would we give ourselves? What were some of the things that we were doing that were maybe 
great or maybe some of the things we were doing that really were not so great and needed some work um, in our own businesses. So I think that's that's the main topic today. And I think, you know, we'll kind of do a roundtable and everybody can give us some of their thoughts. And we can banter off of everybody mm-hmm. just a little bit. And I think... Um, you know, if, if we're all around 10 minutes or so, I think that's about a show, you know, so we'll keep it about 10 minutes to, to um, a person, roughly speaking, and uh, we'll kind of, or less than that or more than that, whatever, the, whatever happens in the conversation. So um, just because uh, we're kind of going in order here today with our guests, we're going to bring it back to Cami Z. Um, so Cami Z, um, with that said, like if you're thinking back to your younger self, what would you tell yourself about um, when you're starting your business and, and what... what yeah. Where are your, what are your, thought, your thoughts on that? I think there's, of course, so many advices we can give. Uh, and I'm going to go in one, so we can probably go around faster. Uh, my, my number one would be social media, to be a little more careful with what I'm posting out there. Because when you, are, ooh, when you are learning and starting, we just tend to dump so many images on social media. Let's say you, you do a, fo- a photo shoot of a portrait and you put 30 images out there, shoot of 50 images because you're so excited. Mm. But later, as you evolve in your career, you look back at those photos. It's not where you want to be. So I just want to tell people that they're going to learn and they're going to improve. So just post one, like your absolute favorite one or two, so you don't have to go backtrack on those clients and maybe hide or change <laughs> or, you know. That that would be my one advice. Be careful with what you post when you're starting. And that's interesting that you just brought that up because I, I used to, for 10 years, I, I posted just pretty much one strong image. Um, but recently, just a couple weeks ago, I tried out this whole new thing of posting like top 20 or whatever. And I really don't like that. I don't know why. I just, just don't like the, I'm not a fan of it. Just post my strong one. I don't know. It was a little test. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, th- I think for me, I think that's a great piece of advice, especially to newer photographers. And when we f- when we first get out there, we're all just like throwing everything <laughs> at the wall. And it it uh, <laughs> when we look back on some of the stuff, I actually recently did a clean s- swipe. Like I just I like deleted everything off of my Facebook business page um, and it's all totally clean. So I'm just posting one image. I very am rarely using Facebook business pages lately, the way that mm-hmm. those things are, yeah. but, um, it's all very clean now. So that's, a, that's a good piece of advice. Anything else, Cami, that you would thinking back or, um, to whenever you're finding your mentors or the people that you want to learn from, uh, or like that you want to listen advice from, you have to kind of pick and choose the advice you're going to listen. <laughs> Even though it's weird that we're giving advice, but, um, so many people are going to give you negative advice on not not to do things, not to pursue. But there's there's something inside you that if you're really meant to do this, that you're going to have to listen and be your own self. Does that make sense? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was starting, I had more people telling me not to do, to not to pursue photography or not to shoot, not to do weddings. Mm-hmm. Then I had people supporting me. I had a lot of photographers that they were burned out and they were, they, they failed at the wedding industry and they were telling me not to do it. So pick and choose, like look at the ones that are actually very successful and they have still the, a good heart for it. And then you'll follow those. Great. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, let's, uh, let's keep going in order here then. Let's go to Jim Ferrara. Jim, you're talking to your Hi. younger self. What do you say? How you, what do you? Uh, I, I'm, I did think of a couple of things offhand right now and, and wanted to mention, but uh, luckily, I didn't start this like right out of college or right out of like the, the school or just from a younger age where I said, I know I want to do this because I worked in the film business 
I had the freedom to kind of do photography and luckily I did it my way from the very beginning. So if I didn't, that would be something I would say like, look, don't succumb to what society tells you or what other photographers tell you to do or bride and grooms. Do it the way you want to do it. If you don't want to do something, just don't do it. If it's not your style, you don't want to show something on your website, then don't. That's, that should be – that will dictate your style and get the clients that like your style coming to you as opposed to trying to please everyone, which you're never going to do anyway. So luckily I did that. So I, I can't look back. However, I'm still chasing couples from two, three, five years ago to get their wedding album finished because they owe a balance. And years ago, I used to do a third, third, third. Third book sit, third a month before the wedding or the week of the wedding, whatever, and then a third at the end. Now, if you got like a, let's just say a $6,000 package, right? That's what I'm, I'm hard at two, four, six. Oh, yeah, that's $2,000 that you don't have. <laughs> that was pretty no, easy but, math there, Jim. That, I, I, I don't know about that. that the I math know. was pretty easy <laughs> on that one. <laughs> so, but, you know, your products at the end most likely won't cost you $2,000. A lot of it is your time, and that's just what the balance is. So those, those couples, one is five years old now, and it's this month because I know who they are, and I see them often. They're never going to have that $2,000. They're never going to. So then I decided let me just make that last payment just a little bit, like maybe 1000 at the most or even, even 500 And I started doing that. Now, this past year, if it's – I have many packages, but uh, Natalie suggested this. She's like, what if we just do the middle package are uh, you know, like maybe 500 or 700 at the end? at the most just to cover our costs uh, and then if anything below that even the smaller wedding album packages and, and of course the digital then they pay up front they, they pay for it so you know I don't have to chase them anymore and if they decide you know to do a book a year or two later so be it I'll certainly do it I'm not gonna you know dance around not doing it but at least as a business you have the money you don't have to worry about it you don't have to chase couples down on the slow season because when you look at like the math when I looked at the math of how much money was owed to me from past weddings regarding albums it was five figures plus i was like oh my god this is a lot i can't believe there's so many couples that still owe us money and then moreover they just don't have the book so it's good for everybody when they're before the wedding they're used to writing checks and giving money out left and right that's the time to, to get from a business standpoint that's the time to get them you know make that second payment a lot or f up and full and then you're done and you're happy they're happy they get the book everyone can move on mm-hmm Oh, and another one is um, don't we talk, you guys talked about this before. Uh, looking back sometimes at like my style years ago when I was kind of by myself, some of it was a little too punchy or a little too contrasty or a little too saturated. So I kind of, you know, just it's good to have a finish that's yours that you do in post, but maybe nothing too extreme. That's my other advice. Yeah, um, yeah, that's actually mm -hmm. that's great advice. Cause we have talked about in the past where it's like I think when a lot of us are first starting off, we're like, bang, like whatever style it is, like we emphasize everything, and then we kind of figure out, oh, you know, like we should still have a style, but kind of keep it a little more, you know, long mm -hmm. so that these photos look great long term. You know, you can always re-edit um, old work though. Yes, um, and I think you know it's nice to have a style and keep your raw mm -hmm. files so that you know you can revisit them and mm -hmm. apply your new your mm -hmm. new look over the years I've done that a few mm -hmm. times over yes there's some images that I just fell in love with I love the moment I love the people whatever it happens to be the location and um you know it just needed a little little refresher yeah so um so Lindsay uh what do you think advice advice um, to your younger self so I have a 
I guess a couple things. Um, creatively, uh, one thing I was really bad at when I first started was taking charge with my clients as mm. far as um, telling them what I wanted out of a photograph. Yep. So, um, you know, maybe you walk into a hotel room or a house where the bride is getting ready and they've got a fluorescent light on over here and a tungsten light on over there and there's like a big mess on the table and, um, you know, learning how to ask to turn off some lights and yes. move some things around 100%. and, um, mm-hmm. you know, ask people to just change their posture slightly, little things like that, that made such a huge difference. Couldn't agree difference. with you more, but I'm just upset because you're stealing my answer, you know? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but keep, keep going, keep going. Um, yeah, I guess that's about it on that one, but, uh, and the other thing I was going to bring up is community. So, um, for me, I moved to Buffalo, I didn't know anyone, period, let alone any photographers, and... Um, making friends in the business was a huge benefit to me, um, not only as far as getting work and referrals and second shooting gigs and stuff like that, but just learning more about photography in general. Little things from, um, you know, just a recent example, I had two of my Canon 600 flashes died and somebody enlightened me that I could just buy a $40 receiver for my old 10 year old 580s and turn them into 600s and like you know little thing ideas you can bounce off people or just buy the young nows <laughs> right well i had for, one of those to die on me too because i went with the godox actually yeah, right. to get yeah. um, a little yeah. techie for a second Lindsay, but, you're you're in a, you're the little kitten in a nikon den right now so no no <laughs> <laughs> we're all nikon users i'm a nikon center yeah we all are. exactly yeah. yeah um so anyway there wasn't much of a community here in buffalo at the time and so um you know if there isn't one that you can join up in your area start one which is what i did um so we have a little facebook group here it's little not facebook little group. at all anymore not so little. it's a little too big perhaps um we had a <laughs> we had a rough day in our <laughs> our chat group today <laughs> we having to come together to embrace ourselves after some, uh, facebook group drama some you know? heads were budding over in the facebook group but um as a general rule it was a, a great way to get people together and have meetups you know once a month there's breakfasts and cocktail hours and whatever and um, a great group of friends has started from that and also uh, it's great just to be able to um, you know post gigs and post questions and uh, you know your second shooter for example in Neil's situation has a family emergency you've got this whole backup of people that can help you out Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's really helpful so I would have done that a little earlier I think yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah With that being said, Kimmy and James, do you guys have a local group that you guys are part of? Well, um, go ahead. I'm James. sorry. <laughs> Kimmy, you go first. Well, um, there are local groups here, but I'm not involved with it. I okay. should, but they meet um, during the week on week evenings. And because I have split study with my son, those are the only evenings I have with him. So it's pretty hard to go ahead and shoot double, triple weddings on the weekends like I do on season. And then those evenings still step out from his company, you know, and it's gotcha. So Cammy, I, I think oh, internet slowdown weirdness. Um, uh, but Cammy, so what I think what we're curious about too is because and over here in Western New York, this with this group that Lindsay has going over here, um, do you have like a group? Is there like a central Florida photography Facebook group that like there's hundreds of people in and all sorts of you know, second shooter gigs coming back and forth and like, you know, what does that group look like there? And is it is it something you participate is, in or not choose not of, to participate in it? 
I'm not part of it. There, okay. there is they meet actually. They have online. I'm not part of Facebook groups much online. I think it, it, it takes a lot of my time. Mm. Uh, mm. Um, and, um, <laughs> Can't blame you I'm, there. I'm not a fan of social service <laughs> yeah. groups. Sorry. Yeah, that's that's okay. That's the answer I was trying to pull out of you. Yeah. That's what I was curious about. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm not part of it. <laughs> I regret it some days. <laughs> and Jim, how about you? Uh, there's a couple of Facebook groups around here one is a, a little um a little female heavy and and i noticed that uh that anytime any any male photographer gets in there it's just like uh, cut and dry so i kind of wait hold on second. i know you, i know wait, what wait, i'm gonna call it out just because i'm curious is it like that tuesdays together group is that what you're referring to no 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 okay no. there's there's one of those it's here little, that's an interesting group but group. yeah it, it's a good group and i, I kind of chime in now and then but i realize that whenever i do whenever um the group, what what I don't like about that group, unfortunately, is it seems to be a lot of the dangling carrots. Like, oh, hey, I have a referral from oh anybody, anyone, anyone available this date, um, and I'll send out uh, send out the the uh, the you know the list of the photographers available to the client. Well, I'm thinking, well, that's really why don't you ask the client? Hey, is it okay if I post your email somewhere and you're going to get bombarded with phone calls, but yeah, at least or that. emails, but at least then, yeah, There's I'm, I'm not a fan of that. Things. <laughs> yeah, I think I think. The, the 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 approach on that one photography group is not really the right direction. It should be more of like, hey, uh, I found this new light very interesting. If anyone's interested in finding out what it is, or I got, got a good good location that I just found, or anyone can suggest a good location, and it's a little that here and there. But uh, so overall, uh, I'm on Cami's side where I don't really participate too much in the local Facebook group, and uh, and as far as like a physical group, I used to belong to. Uh, New York State Photographer Society for a long time. I actually just left recently mm-hmm. because um, our group is uh, our local group is not doing well, and I don't know how to save it. You guys got any yeah. advice? I'll pass it along, but it's just less and less and less, and it's sad because it was a really happening group for a long time. Yeah. So it, it's interesting, like the variation of groups that exist, even in our area where there's like a, like these camera clubs that that mm-hmm. still exist, and they're very technical and they you know want they get out their light meters and shoot in certain kind of ways all the time and it's very interesting um that you know the the, the different groups that are out there and still continue um yeah i but I, with with that one group I, it it might very well end up becoming a a camera club and i i think that's fine because a lot of the members there was only maybe a handful of real professional photographers in a professional photographer's group most of them have day jobs. Most of them are, a lot of them are retired. And when there used to be 80-plus people in this local group down here uh, uh, in our district, there's, I think, under 20. Yeah. It's, it's really so the, unfortunate. So these groups yeah. are different, and they're, they kind of, they're kind of changing beasts and all that. But so kind of getting back to our um, – at least for the listeners who are start, starting out, newer photographers, I think generally speaking, it's good to get in some kind of group to network, whether it's – um, a Facebook group, and if or, there's not a local uh, group, join uh, Wedding Photographers Unite. Yeah, exactly. Cause <laughs> yeah, because there's the group. We're over there <laughs> doing the same thing. Um, okay, so let's actually go to Neil. Neil, you are giving advice to your younger self. Okay, I will be the boring guy here. Um, I'm going to go the legal route of of get everything in order, get a legal team in order, uh, make sure you do your, all all of your taxes, all your, all of your tax forms, uh, make sure you get business insurance. Um, get an accountant if you're not good at that stuff. Even if you are, I, I highly suggest get a, get a good accountant. 
um, and, and get a lawyer. Uh, so if, if something does happen, you're not scrounging up for a lawyer last minute. Uh, you already have a relationship built. They, they know you. They know your business. And you can just give them a call if, if something pops up. So, and get all get your contracts in order. Make sure that your butt is covered at all times. That's that's uh, my my piece of advice. I, I did all that stuff over the first like three years, which I should have done it over the first three months. Hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Um, you know, and as far as, as my thoughts on this go, Lindsay stole a lot of my answer. Um, I mean, my biggest thing was is if I could tell my younger self, it would be you are right on a lot of the things that you're thinking in your head. You just have to have confidence in, in doing them. You know, uh, so I think um, when we first get started, we're I th- even like, like especially when we're younger, just as younger people, I think when we're around people that are older than us or maybe have higher status than us, I think we're a little bit more timid, you know, to work with those people as, you know, as when we're younger people and are maybe less confident in the, you know, like, hey, I think that this would actually look great if we did this, but we're too concerned about about the psychologically what's going on with the people and are they going to react to this okay or where are they at? I, over the years, um, you kind of build up this confidence in yourself that you can, that you, that you were actually right on some of those things. I'm basically telling, I'm telling myself this, right? You were actually right, dude, on like you should have, you know, like pushed the bride to do this one more shot because the light was incredible, but you didn't speak up about it. Or you should have turned off the lights in the hotel room because the, the light was clashing. Or you should have done these different things. So it's, it's those little things that you're thinking in your head that you're not completely sure about saying or doing that you actually probably should should say and speak up about and have confidence in yourself because they hired you as a professional and even if you're starting out um you know and you you know you know you have to the more confident you are it's a lot of photography is about risk taking so there are going to be risks involved and sometimes those risks risks will not pan out but um unless you speak up about it or try to try you'll never you need to fall on your face with some of the stuff in order to find out that it's if something works or if it doesn't. But um, I guess that's my advice to my younger self. That and the thing that um, Neil said earlier, um, which or, or I don't know, maybe Cammy brought it up. I think that was a huge thing, Cammy too. Is just don't post everything. Post your best stuff. That's all you really need to post. And over the years, I've, I've posted less and less, and it's only the best stuff that I end up putting out there now. It's um, uh, you know when I deliver. Uh, a full wedding, you know, the, obviously the, the clients, you know, I'm, I'm trying to present a whole piece, but they don't, people don't need to see the same looking wet bridal party or the same jumping shots they see from every photographer. <laughs> Lindsay's rolling her eyes at me because we've had conversations about that. But, um, but you know, it's, it's what is the shots that are unique to you or your style or your brand. Those are the ones that I think we should be posting that kind of says something about us. And then when our brides inquire and they want to see full weddings, that's great. Here's some full weddings that you can take a look at because I because we all take the normal shots too to make mom and dad happy. But um, so I think that those are some of my my thoughts for uh, my younger self. Uh, before we kind of go on to our next topic, does anybody want to? Um, have anything to say more about that or want to touch on, touch on yeah, that? Yeah, Andy, said? you made a good point there about uh, showing images because I look at photographers and when I see outside of a blog, I don't like seeing the same bride too many times in a, any particular gallery on a website or, mm. or a collection you know, or a portfolio. Um, so mix it up, like you said, is good when you're when not if you're starting or not. You should never really have too much of 
of one particular wedding under your wedding website. Now, if it's a blog, now that goes back and forth too because some blogs I see where there's maybe 200 images and it's the whole wedding. It's like almost the entire ceremony, everything else. I'm like, this is just too much for a blog. So I think, yeah, it is. I think also anyone listening to don't just give the hits from the wedding on the blog. I think let the listener or the, the viewer want to come back to see more. If you show them absolutely everything, there's nothing left to, to show them if they come to you for a meeting and say, oh, I love that wedding from Jill and Matt. Can you show us more? I'd be like, uh, well, uh, yeah, maybe one or two more images, but the whole block had everything. So that's that's my other advice. Okay. Nice. Cammy's um, back. She left for a second. She's back. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, listeners, uh, just remember we have a hand-picked assortment of information that's relevant to you. But first, just in case you lost your place in space and time, this is Wedding Photographers Unite, a bi-weekly wedding photography podcast for wedding photographers. I was hoping someone else would step in for me. <laughs> there's bye so many of us. <laughs> okay, bye, wedding photographers. <laughs> we waited a long time for that one. Uh, the show goes live roughly every other week, and while we're at it, please do leave us a review in iTunes. Review in iTunes. Subscribe in iTunes, and help us help you by sending in questions to info at Wedding Photographers Unite, or connect with us on our Facebook group. We prefer to talk with you rather than at you. Um, okay, so there's a piece of news. Uh, the piece of news is the D850 is real, and we're all Nikon shooters except for Lindsay alone in the corner. Um, <laughs> Lindsay's sulking. Um, uh, so that it looks kind of cool. I don't know if there's anything that interesting about it, to be honest. And who cares about cameras, right? I honestly don't. I didn't even, <laughs> I, I, I didn't even click on the link. I'm an, I'm I barely, a, yeah, I'm a Nikon shooter. I, I don't I care. Looked myself. So yeah, I mean, I kind of like looked at. It, I was like, oh, D850, and then I looked at it, and there's leaked photos, and it looks exactly like a D800 <laughs> or like damn close to it. They took out the flash on top, um, so it's there's no flash on top anymore. Mm. The, the in, in flash, which who you really uses that on the pro bodies anyway. Um, it, they're illuminated buttons. There's an articulating screen. It, and, and Nikon says, the only other piece of information we know about it now is that Nikon says it will exceed expectations. So we can take that with a grain of salt for whatever that's worth. But cameras, who cares? Next topic, right? Yeah. <laughs> I just told you guys I went back to using my 10-year-old flashes. So it lets you know where I stand on these yeah, things. Yeah, I know, right. <laughs> um, now, but James, you, you recently posted in the, in the group of uh, a rumor of um, a mirrorless of, of Nikon. Yeah, you know, uh, Andy, is that from Andy a reliable and source? And forth. Uh, well, it's I think it was Petapixel or one of those. Uh, okay, so that's, rumor, that's pretty reliable. reliable. And um, Andy, you and I went back and forth a little bit on that Fuji because I really, really love the the idea of shooting mirrorless and and not have to worry about the uh, the look, the final image so much, and then I can concentrate on you know directing and finding light and all that um so i looked at the fuji <clears throat> a little bit because it wasn't too expensive because i do have to have a dual chip you really should have a dual card yeah. camera yeah. if it's going to be anything more than just a little little stuff you hear shooting here and there and then i thought you know i'm going to dump all this money in there and then nikon's going to come out with a mirrorless and hopefully <laughs> if they come full frame i'm going to have to just then sell it again so i'm going to wait and I just it's, it's kind of like an Apple situation. You're just, you're just waiting for that release. Yeah. You I know, know. I know. I can and I really s- hope they don't just do a DX first. I really hope they either do both or they should yeah. do both, really. They should just do both at once. Here's the DX. Here's the full frame. No, go. And just, just do full like, frame. Oh, That's all that matters. Canon's coming out no. with one. And if you look back in history, Canon has typically done something first 
And then Nikon said, okay, and then come out with something better later, like the D3. That made that made Canon shooter switch over. Yeah, they also a- were too late in the very late in the whole uh, radio syncing flash thing. You know where the radio slave is inside the the strobe, not external one. And uh, on, years ago with autofocus, even I mean they, they've been always trailing behind Canon. Well, so maybe I don't know. I think, I think Nikon right now is ahead of Canon almost. I mean, I don't know about the 5D4, but but do you guys see the 62 reviews and all that stuff? The the 5D the the, the 62, not particularly no. good at all. Like even, even compared to like you know, 5D4 is a, a fantastic camera by all means, from my understanding. But um, but that 62 from a lot of the the initial reviews and reports on it are just basically dynamic range isn't what it was supposed to be. It was like just not good. Um, it even take, oh, really? took took a step back. Um, as far as um, some people were concerned, so I I don't know I think I think Nikon is still a little bit ahead of Canon right now generally speaking. But you know who cares? Cameras who cares? Because that 5D4 well, is well, right in the same. Well, ballpark, I want to take know? advantage of the ladies so, in, on the show because I want I want to see what their thoughts if if they care about any of this mirrorless stuff and any of these new camera bodies. What are your thoughts, ladies? Oh no! Are you doing the uh, the Japanese CEO thing? Well, <laughs> I think he just did. I think he just did. So, so if you don't because know, that, if you don't that, know what I'm talking about. <laughs> if you don't know, what that I'm was talking very about. controversial. Cami, do you know what I'm talking about? No, you yep. didn't hear about it. So this, uh, so the yeah. Japanese CEO of Nikon <laughs> basically <laughs> said, "Hey, we're coming out with a mirrorless camera, and all the ladies are really going to like it because they can't carry all the weight." Or he said something like that, and it's ladies like were bomb, like, not really? happy at all. <laughs> so, 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 I, mean, I mean, Neil, you didn't go all the way there, but no. it, was, it was approaching it. <laughs> but no, I'm just talking about camera gear in general. <laughs> because women care all about the emotions and they don't care about the gear. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know why this CEO didn't have like somebody just proofread that comment real quick. Yeah. <laughs> or at least not kind of USA, at least. Yeah, but, they were all probably like, really, guy? But actually, on that thread, Neil, you called it out the right way. You basically said Japanese culture, yeah. and their culture is very different over there. So it's probably he didn't think about it as a second thought, but it's no, because, he doesn't know it was how because they are behind are, yeah, there yeah. as far as <laughs> women's rights and everything, I think, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, it's not like cameras are that heavy. No. Yeah, I know. No. Hey, do you know? Hey, do you know what? You know what the light? This was just a, a report. Somebody that I just saw on like a Petapixel or whatever. What's the lightest camera body out there? Between what's the lightest full frame camera body? Do you know what it is? Uh, I bet the seven fifty. I would. Yeah, really? the seven fifty is lighter yeah, than I, like the A seven R two and all those those Sony mirrorless ones, which mm, was that shocking. Thing is to me. really light. Yeah. So that I just kind of found interesting. But um, if anything, make the glass lighter. I don't know how you can do that, but yeah. make those lenses a little bit lighter. Hey, you know, uh, just some fo- some follow up thoughts on that XT2. If anybody's interested, um, you know, I've been shooting that XT2. Is it for sale? Uh, no, it's not for sale. <laughs> but I'm definitely not. I'm definitely not going all in on Fuji. Um, I, I I love it. I love mm. it, and I've been shooting the crap out of it at, at weddings, and it stays on stays on me the whole day, and it's I basically use it as a 35. But I'm not buying any other lenses for it. I'm shooting my Nikons longer. I'm, I got that camera for the reason of wanting to see what's going on with mirrorless and staying on top of it, and I'm glad that I did because I love it, but I wasn't ready to pull that, that full price for that Sony mm-hmm. A9. So in my mind, yeah. I, at the end of this wedding season, I'm either going to sell that X-T2 and get an A9, 
if the price comes down on the A9 enough or just keep kind of going with it and then when the A9 comes down because I do full frame does matter to me I think after shooting it for as I've been shooting it it's kind of nice in one way because you know you have less problems with things being out of focus at shallow depths of field mm -hmm. but I, I want all that bokeh I want it all I want it all back even in even at, at, at every level but mm -hmm. I can't wait until like there's you know, like if I had a Sony A9 with a 135 that shot at like 1.8 or something like that with a full frame, I would be in. Yeah. I just can't. I just don't can't justify the price of that right now compared to like the D750. So that's kind of where I'm at with that XT2 right now. I still love it, love it, and then can keep shooting Andy, it. But I don't, I'm not going to go all in on it for a few reasons. But yeah, mm -hmm. um, Andy, if you were to do go Sony now, would you? I know there's a couple uh, adapters out there that can accept the Nikon glass yep. and do autofocus and all that. But there's really any, it's hard to find a real good true review on it. Um, I forget the one company, when I went to look at it, it was like 300 bucks, but it was sold out. So I don't know if that, what that means, if they're making more or not. But what would you do? Would you just get, you know, Zeiss glass and Sony lenses and I sell everything? I would prefer to. Yeah, I mean, I would prefer, yeah. prefer to, to just get Sony glass with the Sony camera. Yeah. But that said, I was shooting with a, a videographer last weekend, and he was shooting the Sony mirrorless stuff, and he had those adapters, and he was shooting Nikon Sigma glass, or, you know, like F, Sigma F glass, basically, on, on his Sony mirrorless. And the autofocus was great. I was going like, to ask like, you if the autofocus yeah. still works. I was, I was shocked mm. at how well that it, that it did. He said, yeah, I don't really notice a difference between when I use this adapter hmm. with the Nikon glass what, compared to his Sony what stuff. What body? So, do you know, do you, uh, I, think it, or? I think it might have been like that A7-2S or whatever, the one that videographers right. use. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that, that was cool. So... Uh, I think uh, we're, just in terms of time, I think we're actually at a point where we should kind of go through like a last topic and kind of wrap things up. Um, sure. So what I was kind of thinking is, is um, Jim, you kind of mentioned that you had a conundrum, which is cool. Yeah. Um, I've actually yeah. got a tip. So between the two of us, we can at least go off of that. If anybody else here has a tip or a conundrum, um, be thinking about it as as uh, Jim and I start the party, and then we'll kind of okay. we'll kind of wrap you know, up. I've, I've, I've a little I've one little topic that's been on my mind lately, and, I'm ready. and I saw it in, in the forum. We're ready, um, and I want to get your guys' thoughts on this. And somebody made a comment saying that uh, a wedding photographer has a ten year span, has a uh, usually lasts about ten years, and now I'm I'm, I'm just entering my tenth anniversary mm. and i want to get your thoughts well, of, of well this that means whole, you're almost out of business yeah you're almost yeah done. i know i'm, I'm yeah. pretty much done i should yeah. just close doors you might, and, you might and, as well just find something else exactly to do. yeah it's about time um, yeah. Yeah. it was nice it's, it's been a it's been a fun ride Thanks, man <laughs> no but i want to see what your thoughts about about this is uh i don't that's not true that's yeah. not true it, it, it okay it, it might be true if that entire 10 years of that photographer or studio has not changed their style or website or uh, just just gone along with what's popular today. You don't have to dive in head first and, and be like, "Oh, look at me now! I'm, I'm this is now my new style." Don't do that. But at least stay current. And if you're not staying current, then your days are numbered. And that's with really anything. I mean, Huge. outside of a band, you kind of have to stay current when people are hiring you for for something. You're not totally living your life just being creative and selling your creative work. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, at ten years though. They say this, you're not going to find your style until 10 years. 
You can't call yourself a craftsman. <laughs> as soon as you buy your cell, that's it. You're out of here. We, we've seen yeah. enough. Yeah. <laughs> but most of us have been into photography since we were kids, so or at least teenagers. So, you know, that ten year mark came came and went a long time ago. But um, I don't think that's true, Neil. I wouldn't. I would. You're doing a new site now. I know how I've been through that just recently, so I know how much work that is, and uh, I don't. I wouldn't be afraid about yes, that statement. I, I think that it's something. I totally agree with everything you just said, Jim. I think that it's just something that we absolutely need to be totally aware of. Like, I don't think that it's true. I think that it can be true if you're somebody who doesn't stay up on. If you just want to, like. Like when you came in, what year was it? Like 10 years ago, it was like 2007. So people that shoot like it's 2007 now probably are not going to book a lot of weddings, right? People that people in 2007 that shot like it was 1997 probably weren't booking a lot of weddings mm-hmm. then, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's like, but the people that started shooting in 1997 that ebbed and flowed and like stayed on top of things still booked a lot of weddings in 2007 you know you know you get my point it's Mm -hmm. like you i think we have to be aware of it but i think it has nothing to do with anything as long as we're doing this like what we're doing right now having a conversation with each other and trying to improve our craft and learn from each other Mm -hmm. um but if the second you stop doing this then you get stuck then sure 10 years absolutely yeah, I think it's yeah. less about yeah, yeah. stylistic things and more about in staying inspired. Yes. Because I think a lot of wedding photographers burn out. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, they just get into a pattern of, you know, shooting the same photos at every wedding. And, oh, it's just another dress and it's just another pair of shoes and another set of vows. And not realizing that, you know, each client has their own individual story. And um, I think that's the biggest key for me is staying in tune with the people that I'm working with. Um, over you know what filters I'm using or whatever and staying in it with the trends uh, for me it's just about loving what I do and then that's going to transcend in everything else yeah yeah awesome. great well, you certainly that's a good point Lindsay that, that's a good point Lindsay because you know it, it can become a job after a while you know you're like all right same location nothing exciting the couple may may have just found you online so you don't have any connection with them from an engagement shoot or you know them around town or you know their friends because you shot that wedding. It's just, here you go, and you show up. But uh, what helps me do this so much, and, and I, still, I do love what I do, whether it's portraits, weddings, anything, you know, so is that, uh, and it's a small thing. Now and then, like, Andy, you can relate too. You get a new toy, like a new camera. What are you talking about? And all about? of a sudden, it becomes like, Jim? <laughs> and it be- I know exactly. And it becomes so much more exciting that you you can can take something that you do all the time and do it, not do it differently, but your means of getting it done is differently and becomes mm-hmm. exciting that way. Yes, like that little like that little that little like I have. I love that little camera. I wish it had a a little bit better image, but it's a point and shoot. I just took the 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 uh, booklet out yesterday and started looking through it again because I didn't know a few things in the setting and I realized oh I didn't know it can do that. I didn't know it could do this. That little camera is amazing. So I'm sticking with my Nikon D5 and the Leica. So I'm, I'm sticking with the extremes until Nikon comes out with the mirrorless. <laughs> but that little camera made it a lot fun for me for a cocktail hour. I can walk around with a little camera around my neck, get what I need to do, have some food, and take some portraits if I need it. Or like if someone calls me over, I got it right there. And it, the fact that I didn't have to carry around a four or five pound camera made it that much better. So yeah. it made the day better for me. You know? Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to go to uh, tips or conundrums. I'm going to start with my quick tip. Uh, my quick tip is this. 
Slowing down communication for brides who maybe the communication needs to be slowed down for. <laughs> and, and here's what I mean. Um, so, so some brides, I think, um, if we respond back to them immediately, um, we're going to get an email back two seconds later. And then it just it's a never-ending kind of cycle of emails that go back and forth. Some people are just kind of wired that way. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it really... I guess this is also a tip for me in my past life, right? Or a number of years ago, before I would like respond back immediately because I was I'm always about like I want to be very responsive and have the communication go back and forth. But I found that with certain types of brides, if you do that, you like I end up spending a whole day, you know, like like emailing people that kind of thing. So only within the past couple years, I've really decided like you know I can't let that communication slow down the rest of my business or my editing. So whenever you notice that with a particular bride, my suggestion is um, 24 hours. Give it 24 hours before you respond. So if you get an email that you think is going to turn into something that's going to kind of go back and forth a little bit, I'll say, okay, I got the email here, and normally I would respond respond to it, but I'm not going to respond to that until tomorrow around the same time. That way maybe this particular person will think a little bit more about sending off that quick message and they'll have it be a little bit more together and then that kind of condenses the amount of emails and communication that's kind of going back and forth, thereby making your life a little bit more enjoyable. Uh, so that's my, that's my, uh, my, my tip of the show. Um, and I know that we have a, at least a conundrum for Jim from Jim. So Jim, what is your uh, conundrum? Um, yeah, can I comment on what you said? Sure, you quickly. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I fight that too. Like you get, if you get, if you get an email like nine, 10 o'clock at night, yeah, you don't have to get back to them right away. But I don't know, man, if you're, if it's business hours, let's say it's 2 PM in the afternoon, you get an email and you have the time to get back to them. Why not? Because if you wait a day, they might've, they definitely didn't just email you. They emailed other people and they said, and then they set up a meeting for say the two days from now. Now here's my dirty secret, Jim. Here's my dirty secret. If it's, if it's on an inquiry, will I, will I wait 24 hours? You just said you did. But if it's on an inquiry, (laughs) will I wait 24 hours? Oh, okay. No, I agree. no, uh, no, but I agree with Jim though. I don't, I'm not disagreeing with Jim. I, I've to each their own. I, just, <laughs> I think people nowadays, they're so used to immediate communication and they have that expectation that they're going to answer from you right away. I put priority in customer service. Yeah. I will respond right away. Yeah. That yeah, also I, I takes away as soon as I can. I, I do it. I have a little thing in my phone that I copy and paste and say, uh, hey, uh, thank you for your inquiry. Unfortunately, um, I'm out all day today, either on a wedding or whatever I'm doing. I'll get back to you as soon as I can when I'm near your computer, and boom, and that's it. And I, but I say I'm available for the date. I say it's, a, it's mostly for weddings. If it's anything else, I'll get back to them whenever. But yeah. for a wedding, I'll certainly say that just to let them know, just to be like, oh, he's available. Good. Yeah. Me, uh, no. I, I treat my clients the same from the moment they are a lead to the yeah. moment they have their final communication with me it's right away but it's just because i hold myself to the same expectation to the people that i'm putting my money on so let's yes. say i'm buying a product mm-hmm. whenever i write them i i actually I'm, I, I want that answer right away i give that same type of answer to my client mm. i think though Cammy, you always do things the right way why do you always <laughs> do things the right way last time you did things the right way you're doing things the right way now <laughs> 
I know. I can stay. So, I, I can just not say so, anything. So, I, no, I, no, I no, 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 no. I'm glad you should. You should. Uh, so let me backtrack a little bit from what I said, because actually I do. I respond back quickly all the time. I'm, I'm mostly talking about those brides that I just know are going to be a problem. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and I love everybody and I always do and I always get back. But, but, but sometimes things are not so important in my world that, that I need to stay mm-hmm. on top of my business for everybody, not just the one bride. So, yeah. so it, I understand what you're saying. And so, but it is for that that one, that particular bride that ends up being a little bit too much, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but I, but, but it's very yeah. noble of you. With my problem, if there is a problem of someone that requires, I, some brides require a little bit more communication and detailed yes. answers. I actually schedule a phone call. So instead of answering right away yeah. and say, "Hey, I'd love to address this with you. How about we chat? I think it would be a lot easier to yeah. go through your questions." Yeah. So yeah. now. I can schedule a phone call instead of having her wait for an email for 24 hours. So now she knows I'm gonna get back to her at nine in the morning or 10, or even if it's late at night, because sometimes they do work the whole day, they can't talk. So I understand going past business hours, but then over the phone, I can put a lot more of my personality to fix something. And then I will just, so it's registered, I'll give an email follow-up after the phone call. So here's what we spoke about, here are the details on, you know, but at least they know I'm gonna take care of. Yeah. Very good. good. Lindsay, you were going to mention something? Yeah, I was just going to say, for me, I I have a hard time focusing on editing and things like that. So if I'm back and forth on my email all day, I'm never going to get anything done. So what I've tried to start doing is, you know, set aside twice a day to answer my emails. And I don't think any client is going to be upset if it takes a few hours to get back to them. But I've just found that if I'm if I start with this dialogue back and yes. forth, these little like yeah. one sentence emails back and forth and back and forth, and I'm on the internet, then I'm going to check Facebook and I'm going to do all this other stuff and be distracted. And mm-hmm. I had to just eliminate that. So for me, I'm trying to just set aside a couple times a day, maybe once you know at lunchtime and once in the evening to answer the emails. And no one's going to be upset with you if it takes a few hours. You know, you're getting back to them within a day I think that's fine yeah yeah I mean yesterday uh, we had three missed phone calls from a bride that's coming up in September and she really wanted to talk about her day and um, so we got her missed phone calls we sent her an email it was like 11 o'clock at night this morning we got a missed phone call from her at 8 15 in the morning obviously I'm not going to answer the phone that early but on her voicemail she sounded really annoyed she was like can someone please call me back I tried to call yesterday and so when we called her back at noon today, she we we said, okay, we got your your missed phone calls at eleven o'clock at night. We're not going to give you a call, but we sent you an email. She was like, oh, I didn't even check it. I'm like, well, well, okay, we're talking now, so let's let's talk about your day. So yeah, yeah it's yeah. so yeah, everybody's different. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. Um, okay, so Jim conundrum. Yes. Um, okay, I'll I'll, oh, yeah. I'll make it quick. I'll try. The. Uh, Natalie and I had a wedding a couple weeks back at a place we go to quite often, more so than any other venue. And we didn't meet the couple beforehand. She, we walked into the room. She was already dressed and ready, like smiling, and everyone's happy. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, oh, slow down. We're just getting here. Let, don't start zipping up the dress. And we'd, we were way ahead of schedule. She was already dressed. Mm-hmm. And the day started off, everything was fine. Everything was great. A little odd. Like the day just seemed a little not on par for some reason. And uh, so we do our normal thing, and then afterwards she emailed me saying she's happy overall, but um, she's like some there's a weird color cast on some images. She thought I, I blame her monitor. 
And then there's this weird effect that I use on one of my lenses has this weird swirly effect. It's just the lens itself, and it's, there's no correcting that. And uh, she wanted some. She wanted to see all the images we made black and white back to color again. She didn't like the fact that sometimes I take the camera and I do a little skew, not not like 45 degrees, but something like that, where maybe the couple is parallel to the frame, and the background might do a little just to create a diagonal line. You know how diagonal lines work in photography. And she didn't like any of that, and she's just kind of going on and on. And I said, okay, I, I, I looked back at what I could do. But first, I, she only saw the blog. And then I wrote this whole email up, and I said, let me not send this yet because I don't, know, she, I don't think she saw everything else. So I released the website, and then the day later, she's like, oh, I love it. Everything's great. I'm thinking, well, that's weird. And then she ended up coming back to me wanting to repair it. So as much as I kind of wanted to be like, no, because she's not getting an album, and now there's a lot more time of me going back to refix what I did or recolor correct and re-edit every, not everything, but at least 200-something images on the final ones, I then thought, I kind of have to do this because she's a client, and I, I don't want to upset her, and it really isn't that much of a big deal. So what would be your stance on that? Would you stick to your gun and say, no, that image has to be – now there was a couple images that had to be black and white. For a reason, and I told her that. But I went back and redid quite a few back to color again, and had to re-edit that whole thing. You know, so what would you guys do? Well, see, I deliver both a, a color and a black and white. Me too. What? what? Really? I don't um, deliver only a black and white <laughs> when I turn back. Oh, jeez! All right, wow, God, that threw me off guard. <laughs> I mean, just oh, I don't do not, no, not, I don't, not of I don't all images, that. just of, of of some of my favorites that. Uh, that I really like, I give them a black and white version as well. Same. Now, do you is that on the gallery you released it for the public to see or just for them to see? Both. Wow, that's uh, Lindsay. You're shaking your head too. Yeah, yeah, like you do that. Yeah, I'm the only one that we I pick no, favorites the only ones that don't... and do a black and white duplicate. Mm. But I keep the color unless the color is like horrible. Yeah. So, so this is something that I think, um, Jim, I do it the same way that you do. Um, okay. But this might be something that even through this conversation, I might start to continue to change because very often doing it the way you and I do it, Jim, we will once in a while get, hey, can I have this, this black and white in color? So let's go back to the theme of our show, right? When I first started, I was an artist, okay? And I was going to do things my way, and I'm going to do things the way I want to do them, and I don't really care. So I was delivering things as panorama images, you know? And I had, like, these weird crop factors because screw mainstream, you know what I mean? I was going to do things my way. But then I very quickly found that I start delivering all these pano photos and all these weird crop factors, and every image is edited different. I would get a mother of the bride saying, hey, how do I print a normal photo? I'd be like, hey, you really can't, you know? So, So I learned over time that maybe I should kind of go to the default four by six crop factor, you know, this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And, but I think this might be one of those things that I very often thought about, you know, I really, I'm an artist, right? This photo is black and white because I have determined black and white and this is what you shall receive, you know? And, and the more that I kind of come around and I've heard this before, you know, like very often a lot of photographers will deliver, anytime you deliver black and white, deliver color, then you don't have to deal with this crap later. The more from a business standpoint and a time standpoint, it's just like, I probably should change. I probably should do it that way. Well, I mean, look you know? at the pictures behind me. They're all black and white, but they're also beautiful in color, so right. why not give them both? Well, sometimes that the color like, Which looks like Andy, by That's the way. Why, yeah. That's the one exception, yeah. is when right. the color is just horrendous, then I right. only black and white. But. The thing is, you're showing them color, 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 color. Suddenly, you have a black and white. They're going to be like, hmm, I wonder how this looks in color. Even if they don't want the color one, they like... Uh-oh. 
Internet. Oh. No. Oh, can't hear Jimmy. Situation. Either. A lot of times I look at it because from my movie background, I look at it like a scene. And here's the scene of prep. And here's the scene of in a, and, and I break it down even from there. So here's the scene in prep by the window. And here's the scene in prep in the bedroom, let's say, right? So the bedroom, if the color is just so yellow and I can't save it and then skin tone looks weird and magenta. Not black and white. The entire scene. Maybe the entire scene for a pre-ceremony before someone starts walking down the aisle. I'll make that black and white. And the whole thing is black and white because I just said that's what I want to do. And I like the way it looks and it looks really nice and contrasty and cool. Yeah. And I don't, so maybe, I don't, Jim, maybe yes. if you like to deliver, like, let's say some, some whole slot, like how they call it, sections in black and white, maybe some sort of education you have to do with the couples before the wedding and say, hey, listen, if I deliver you black and white, it's black and white. Kind of like you're giving the information before and... There's something real weird happening over here, but it's uh, very. The face <laughs> of God is entering is the studio. Going on? I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm sorry. Banging things. Hired to shoot only black and white, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe it's just if you love that and if that you know it's going to happen, just tell them. Hey. That's a good point. I think yeah. I will mention that um, briefly and that you know during the day or beforehand, whatever the case is, because. Uh, it wasn't a big deal, and now and then, of course, I get someone saying, "Hey, can you can you make that one image color again?" And that's easy. But yeah. um, this was a first from such a very laid back bride, which was which was shocking. But she was very sweet, and you know, it was just uh, surprising. Keep her happy, buddy. Keep her yeah. happy. Yeah. But I, I think the, for me and for and Natalie would agree that's a lot of work to for us to decide to make it black and white. Because once you make it black and white, you know you have a lot more freedom and darkening and lightening and maybe taking the red channel and boosting that saturation down or up yeah. and just creating a whole other look and then I got to do it again for color I'd rather just deliver yeah. one image I'm on Andy's side on this one still well, I think I, yeah I, I'm, I'm, I'm teetering really I'm teetering now <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, so that was my my conundrum, which wasn't much. It was just a small one, but it's just yeah. I had to deal with that this morning, even. Sure. Mm -hmm. uh, anybody else have a tip or conundrum? Lindsay has a finger raised. And Lindsay. so does Cammy. So does and Cammy. I do too. And so, oh, good. <laughs> wow, good job. Everybody pulled through. Very nice. Okay, Lindsay. So uh, when I was considering conundrums, I looked at my whiteboard with you know all my clients listed, and I could think of something that sort of went wrong with every <laughs> every shoot I did. But the one that stood out the most to me, I've had two grooms this year who just hated photos mm -hmm. hated it oh so um you know bride ideal client loves photography planning a beautiful day sweet as pie emotional everything you would want and then a groom who is just deadpan doesn't want to be there i mean wants to be at the wedding of course but could care less about photography what do you do so um the first one started as an engagement session um met them at their house and groom was hungover just wanted to watch football so we're trying she wanted photographs of them on their sofa with their dog and he's looking over my shoulder at the television behind me clearly just basically ignoring me and being pretty rude um, and so you know we switched to another location at a park and i thought well i've got to do something and we can't just keep shooting like this yeah. the pictures are going to be awful and he's upset clearly so we just went for a walk like I just yeah. pretended that the location I wanted was really far away and just tried to get to know him better and crack some jokes and lighten up the mood and and luckily he did come around but I got a lot of sarcastic comments and you really want us to stand here and just didn't understand the process at all and yeah. that I was I had never experienced anything like that before 
Um, and then had a second groom this year, too, same thing, just sort of thought he looked best not smiling, and I did not know what to do. Mm. <laughs> so That's tough. What do we do? Yeah, what situation? do we do? What do we do, guys? <clears throat> I, had, I had one couple like this that actually, during the meeting, uh, the groom, the fiancé on the time, he didn't want to talk to me. He started eating, and he didn't make eye contact, and he's like, I think, like, basically he thought photography and investment in photography was something really ridiculous. So I left the meeting, uh, like, waiting for their response. And the whole time I'm like, I shouldn't book this. I shouldn't book this. But I just, uh, the, the girl, she calls me crying. And she's like, listen, I think through your personality, I think you're the only one that can get through him. I really need you to do this. Like, And I took as a challenge. I'm like, all right, I'm going to book it. So on the engagement session, he was just like that again. He didn't want to warm up. He didn't want to, he just... I don't know. He does. He lays pipe on the streets for a living. So it's not a guy that wants to be photographed, yeah. you know. And um, after about twenty minutes on the session, I saw he wasn't gonna warm up. And I'm like, hey, why don't we just? Oh, I'll go have a drink. <laughs> I can't do this with every client. <laughs> I have to stay professional. But we went out for a drink. So we had a few beers, and he just saw I was human, doing my job. I think it was a matter of him stop seeing me as a photographer on that moment, and then we warm up. And nowadays we're great friends like on the wedding day he couldn't wait to see me and have like a great time it wasn't about taking photos anymore it was about having fun Hmm. so yes we cannot do this to every client but it was the one time that happened that's how i fixed it Hmm. You know, that's interesting because I think we all feel the need to connect to our clients on some level, right? Mm-hmm. And some are just harder than others, especially that kind of dude, right? Um, yeah. But if anything, that's when we kind of like have to up our game in terms of connecting with the people, even though like on some level finding something to connect with, whatever it's over a beer or football or whatever it might be, um, just kind of connecting <laughs> on that level is very interesting. That's, that's, that's cool. I was... I think I learned something. Yeah, I recently, nice. I recently had a groom that was just like this. Didn't like his p- picture taken. And earlier in the day, I took some really good portraits of him because I kind of talked him into, you know, I'm sorry you got to do this, but, you know, your your wife wants you to you know, because he was just getting married, so I dropped the wife's name in there. And uh, so kind of, like, do it for her. And right away, I showed him a picture, and he, he was like, oh, my God, how did you do that? He was like, I can't believe it. And then he was, like, all for pictures all day because mm. I, I made him look cool. Yeah. And, and yep. then um, the next day, the bride said, thank you so much. He, he hates his having his picture taken, but he was he was actually really excited. He can't stop talking about it. He can't wait to see the pictures. Yeah. So it, it turned a, a guy who hated it to like a believer, and I, th- I think he was yeah. probably going to call yeah. me for headshots or something yeah. like that. You know? Yeah, that's cool. So. I mean, that's so cool, man. Like just like that, that like we can take somebody that like hates having it done, but like taking a who doesn't like a photo that like makes them look totally badass. <laughs> I want I want a photo that where I look badass. You know, somebody takes a badass photo of me, even if I hate photos, I'm gonna I'm gonna be all about it. Like mm-hmm. that's cool. You know, like that's that's cool. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, conundrum or tip, Mr. Urban. Yes. Oh, no. Cammy, you go first. Okay, Cammy. Oh, no. Mine is not client-related. Oh, it's venue-related. Is that a good time? Sure. Sure. Yeah. All right. So I had a venue contacting me to use one of my photos from a year two years ago as the cover of their program, right? Their magazine, whatever it is, which is a huge compliment. But I said, I was like, sure, you can use my photo as long as you give me the credit, right? Like, Mm, mention the website or a contact information. And they said, unfortunately, not. 
because you're not one of the vendors inside the magazine. Oh, well, then, unfortunately, oh, you're not using my image, you know, like, right? Yeah, then usage rights. Yeah, I, I thought, well, how about next year you contact me on time to be part of your magazine, so I'll be more than happy to give you my images. And they didn't like it. So I think it's pretty much the first time I bump heads with the venue. Or they can pay And for I want to hear from mm. you guys if you think I did right or... Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Unquestionably. If somebody if somebody wants to use my image that I photographed, I'm, I need to get something out of it. And, you know, it's actually turned out that exposure isn't something out of it for me anymore. And I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I had... The, my photo on the homepage of Kleinfeld Bridal, which I didn't know what that was, right? And I got, I got for exposure, it was up there for a year, over a year, and I got absolutely zero gigs from it, zero. Um, mm -hmm. You know, my name was on it. I wouldn't let them, I at least had them put my name on it, but I didn't get anything out of it. So, you know, for local ven vendors and that kind of thing, I always want to be nice. I'm like, yeah, go ahead, use it, give me credit, put it, what up, whatever, that's fine, you know, is it, but... But for something like that's bigger like that, if I ever had like a clientful thing, I'd be like, nope, this is what my fee is for usage of the image. I would, you know, it would be a commercial usage at that point because I'm not going to get anything out of it otherwise. Mm -hmm. I've, I've already found that out. Yeah. So a situation like that where it's a venue that's a local venue um, and it and exposure really doesn't do much for our business anyway, right? For I think for the for generally speaking, because it's all networking, word of mouth, people that know us, right? That is so so little value to us. And you you offered them, hey, give me this little value, and they won't even yeah. give you that. Get out of here! Just get out of my <laughs> face at that point. I, like you absolutely did the right thing. It just feels feel like I feel bad because yes, you want to keep that good relationship. Because she emailed me a one liner like, oh, so you mean we cannot use it? I was like, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, you did the right thing, Cam. You, you totally did because um, that's going out to brides, no less, not even just uh, anyone in the local community. So, yeah, hell yeah, credit. I would, I would demand credit on the, the little vertical thing or, or this way. And then, once again, photo credit, cover photo, buy. Yeah. That's, Cammy Z. that's the only I, yeah. thing, Cammy, that I, that I might have done is said, hey, you know, I, I'll charge a very reasonable fee of, I don't know. Couple, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> a very reasonable fee of what, what have you, whatever that might be. And say, you know, uh -huh. like, if you're not going to put my name there, well, you know, I do need some kind of credit compensation, so this is what it is. And if not, yeah. they're either making a decision to buy the image or not. It's, uh, it's up to them, there's, you know? There's high-end portrait photographers that don't charge at all for the shoot. I've been on set years ago with a few of them, like big, really big-time shoots when I was shooting behind-the-scenes motion picture stuff. And... uh they don't get. They don't. They pay their crew. They do all that, and they they rely totally on usage rights, which is twenty to fifty thousand dollars sometimes per mm -hmm. per image in like you know Vogue, let's say, or something. So, and they have it for two years, and they re up it. Maybe they don't, but you know they're getting paid twenty grand for that day. They're like shoots on us, and they yeah. just do the normal thing because mm -hmm. that's all they they're 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 billing for is the usage rights. So. If they're if that was like that, or if anyone listening happens to do oh if this can I say this real quick, a couple of years ago I got a, call, a phone call last minute wanting um, from uh, one of the Good Morning America shows they wanted to use my image I took of a cake that was the cake by, by Ron Ben Israel very famous cake maker in New York uh, made the 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 sash from her the bride's dress on the cake so I took a photo of that they wanted to use the photo I took of the cake which was really nice uh, for everyone's purpose and without giving me credit or payment i'm like no way and they wanted it by like that night or by 4 a.m to air the next day 
I just happened to be leaving the next day for a destination wedding. So I told him, there's no way I can do this. And there's no way I'm doing this without a contract and looking it over because I think that's their thing. They tried to get people last minute, last second to be like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Sign this. Good. And then everyone can have that image with no usage rights or, or credit. Mm-hmm. And I'm not doing that. I'm like, I'm, I took time. That's my image. That's how we make money. That's how a lot of photographers make money. Don't just yeah. give it out to someone just because you think it's good. Just because getting on TV might get you something. Well, and that contract that you signed last second, it might say, hey, we're not obligated to mention your name as a photographer. Mm-hmm. So I just ignore the whole thing. So anything last minute like that, anything where you know it's smelling wrong, it doesn't seem right, there, it's for a reason and someone's trying to get something out of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Neil, tip or conundrum? This is just a little tip from Lightroom because I use it a lot and I was thinking, no, oh, maybe many people don't. Um, so if you're, if you're shooting at a church and you can't get the white balance right, which a lot of churches you really can't, um, and, and, and if you're playing with the sliders in Lightroom and you can't get that right either because sometimes moving the temperature or the tint <laughs> over left and right just can't get it right, you just click on the little uh, eyedropper tool and and, uh, and drop it right on a uh, on a little um, anything gray that's in the image. It could be a piece of clothing or whatever, any little pixel that's gray, and it'll automatically fix it for you. And it's a nice nice little uh, nice little tip. So that's it. Yeah, nice and simple. It, as sometimes as a starting point though because it's. And, and well, then, then, I, yes. then I'm like, okay, maybe that's a little too cool. Yep. Then I can warm it up just a little yes. bit because I like my church images just a little yep. on the warm side. So, but then you can go from there. And what what sucks is when I'm when I think about your saying that is when like sometimes I'll use like a groom's um, like the white against the black, and I know it's typically supposed to be like gray card or whatever, but mm-hmm. you can usually use it off a of white too, you know. But but sometimes there's different temperatures you know within the white, you know, mm-hmm. like there's, there's a cool part of his shirt and a warm part of his shirt. Um, and it's all that I hate white balancing. <laughs> I hate it. Uh, it's, yeah, sometimes it's a mess with these with these churches. Another little continuation of that tip is if you if you are using the light, the sliders in Lightroom, um, and they're going too fast or you need more control over the sliders, if you rest your mouse on top of like the white balance, like mm-hmm. the the yellow and you know if you're going warm to cool. And use the arrow keys. If you use the arrow keys and the shift and arrow keys, I think as well, you'll you'll have different increments. So you can go down by one, 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 or oh, up nice. by one, 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 or up by five, 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 five. Jim knows what I'm what I'm talking about. So um, all right, Jim, Jim knows what I mean. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, so, guys, thank you so much. That was a great episode. Everybody did uh, really well. Good job. I think, like, timing was great. This, I think, woo, if we, if we wrap up in the next four minutes or so, this won't be our longest episode. I think our longest no? was, was, co- was copyright with Jim Cavanaugh. Oh, okay. And we're, we're approaching an hour and 30, but, so, but not, I think wow. that one was, like, an hour and well, 35. people have, have, have requested in the past that we make longer shows. Yeah. So, so here, we are fulfilling go. that requirement right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks so much for, for joining, everybody. Uh, where can we find you? We're just going to kind of go around. Uh, Cami Z, where can people find you um camizphoto.com or on facebook cami grudzinski which is g-r-u-d-z-i-n-s-k-i so just find cami z it's easier cool uh and jim where can people find you the website is jamesferrara.com and webs and i'm sorry facebook and instagram is j ferrara photo and uh, that's that. Nice. And Lindsay Daddario? Uh, my website is daddario.com, D-E-D-A-R-I-O. And I'm on Instagram, 
now a personal and professional account. Ooh, That's new. I forgot wow. about that. Yeah. Um, so I have uh, at Lindsay Daddario is my personal and Lindsay at work is the new portfolio Instagram thing. There's like six nice. photos up so far, but nice. you know, work in progress. And Neil? Uh, okay, if you're listening to this uh, episode in the future, like a month in the future, then visit my brand new website. If you're currently <laughs> listening you to it. That's what you said last month. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, and uh, so, yeah, just Google me, N-E-A-L-U-R-B-A-N. And my name's Andy Buscemi. Last name is B-U-S-C-E-M-I. Google it. Find me on social media, and we'll go there. Did, some, did you hold up a card or something? Yeah, that's, that's what, that's what just, that awkward pause was. Uh, what was that? It Jim? was Lindsay's site. It was Lindsay's uh, uh, um, Instagram. Oh. oh. That's all. But, Jim, you do realize. <laughs> Jim. I know. I know. It's the audio. We need to okay. talk. Yeah, well, we're going to have the rest of this conversation off air, everybody. Thank you so much for joining in, and we'll catch you next time. Uh, take care, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Wait a second. Jim, did Sorry, you guys. hold up? I don't want to No, no, no. No, no, no. I really <laughs> Did you hold up Lindsay's Instagram? Yeah. I thought it was like a memo, like something we had okay. to say really that, that, quick. That's why I had that pause. I'm like, what is he doing? No, I'm, I'm this leaving thing? this oh, in and I'm, and I'm fading out now. <laughs>